Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Texas fans, we are we're coming to you live. Uh, Texas is wrapped, wrapped, out, uh, wrapped up, we'll call it an entertaining uh, 63-56 <laughs> win over Texas Tech. Game was decided in overtime. Sorry to anyone who took Texas in those 18 points. Uh, I hope you were able to, you know, save up some of that money you just lost. But I'm here with this Danny Davis, the Austin American States. I'm joined by Brian Davis, Kirk Bowles, who are out in Lubbock. You know, since you guys are out there, we'll start with you. First thoughts of the game. What'd you think? What was the scene like? Just take, take me through this game. <laughs> it was a piece of cake, Danny. It was like, yeah. where do you start? <laughs> you know? But considering our deadline was at 6.30 and the game ended, what time, 7, 7.15? So yeah. it was hard to watch a whole lot and pay close attention to the uh, fourth quarter. But it was one of the most bizarre games I've ever seen from pretty much start to finish. I mean, it just so many zany plays. I mean, you got blocked punts and you got great comebacks and you got great defensive plays. It, it truly had a little bit of everything. Yeah, and, and to me, you know what I was thinking uh, as we were listening to the post-game Zoom calls, it's like, you know, it's one thing for us to be either at the hotel or at our home watching Baylor, Oklahoma or TCU, you know, some of these crazy games that we've seen in the past, but to actually be in it and to be in the thick of it, it's it's like it's mind blowing, you know, right? In the and then to and then to watch the way that Texas not only came back out of a fifteen point hole was really impressive. And um, you know, as I wrote uh, in my story, and I'm sure a lot of other people will allude to this in references as well. You know, championship teams need to have a moment of clarity where they realize, you know, hey, we can do this. And I, and I really do think that this will be that moment for Texas. I'm not sitting here saying they're going to win the CFP or anything like that. They have a lot of problems. There's no question. But you have to, you have to get over a mental hump of, you know, what kind of, whatever kind of situation we're in. Can we dig ourselves out of this? And as the three of us, along with Cedric, have said all along, as long as QB1 is out there wearing number 11 for Texas, they've got a chance. QB1, he was definitely one of the storylines. There's probably about 16 different storylines. We don't have time to tackle all of them. But I want to start with the comeback. Um, 313 left in the game. Uh, Sir Roderick Thompson for Tech, 75 yards to the house. Horns downs are going down in Lubbock. It seems over for Texas. Everyone seems to believe that except for number 11, apparently. Um, what do you guys think about that comeback and just kind of what Sam sh- – let- the onside kick aside, which is a whole other thing, but just what Sam and the rest of the offense showed on those final three minutes of regulation to come back from what seemed like just an impossible deficit. Well, one of the things that impresses me most about Sam is his calm, you know, not just his determination, his drive, but he, he doesn't get rattled. And uh, and you alluded to it uh, right before that. I, I know their last drive kind of before this – took off. Remember there was a holding, I think Okafor had a hold 
and he, he threw an incompletion, a bad pass, and then he got sacked. You know, I think it may have been like a three-man rush, and they still got to Sam and took him down. And that's when it looked over. It just looked over. But I just think uh, Sam doesn't give up. He's got a lot of good receivers. I love the way he distributes the ball. But I just think you got to give him so many points and props for just you know, just kind of the overall composure, you know, that he and the whole team had. I do want to say that there, I, you know, don't get me wrong, I may have gotten a little ahead of the cart and the horse on Mike Yersich because there were some play calls today I hated, right? I absolutely hated some of the play calls today. Um, well, we can talk about that later, but, but you're right, Kirk. I mean, just the moxie that he shows and just the tone that he talked about. I mean, it has been a long time, a very long time, since Texas had a quarterback that, that you believed in like, like this. And I don't think that is something that can be easily dismissed, and I, can't, I don't think it can be overstated enough. Texas believes that if Sam Ellinger's on the field, they've got a chance to win every game. And, you know, that is huge in and of itself. Kirk, I know you tried to get a response from Sam afterwards, and he was not taking the bait as far as whether or not he had a Heisman moment. Uh, He's doing tonight. this. Kirk, this is Kirk fishing. But through, <laughs> through, through, uh, through two games, uh, he has 10 touchdown passes. I think the, it's about 700 passing yards. So, I mean, he is putting up the numbers. Um, I don't know how impressed I am with the fact that he did that against Tech and UTEP, but you know, <laughs> stats are stats. And how confident do you feel with this Texas offense with uh, Sam – as the guy running it? Well, I'm like, I agree with Brian. I said, as long as he's upright, you know, and they got a chance, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pick against them. You're right, Danny. He's got to do it in an Oklahoma game, you know, and or, or on the road, Oklahoma state or in the big 12 title game. I don't know. He necessarily had a Heisman moment, but it is just September. But you remember, Joe Burrow's Heisman moment came in September on the third and 17. And we've seen that 3,000 times last year. So I'm not saying that was his Heisman moment because I don't know if there was one singular spectacular play that he had. But, uh, you know, they believe in him and Herman believes in him. If anything, I'd like to ask both of you guys, I don't know, it seemed like they were trying so hard to establish the run and maybe they wanted to keep the ball out of tech in Alan Bowman's hands more. But it seemed to me they should have trusted Sam and thrown even more. He threw, what, 40 passes for, you know, a whole game and an overtime in this error, not that many. Did y'all feel like he was forcing the run, Tom Herman? I don't know if it was, it was forcing it so much because, I mean, Keontae had a decent game on the ground. I mean, he, he averaged seven he yards and a couple of nice runs uh, late in the fourth quarter and uh, over time. It seems like, you know, Bajan's kind of still getting his feet wet and, you know, I think he scared everyone in the stadium tonight when he tried to hurdle that hurdle that defender. But, you know, you have those three backs. You keep talking about how good they are. You know, you're, you got to try to feed them. And it just didn't seem to work for whatever re- reason with Bajan and, you know, Roshan had, had a moment or two. But I didn't think it was too much forced. I think it was probably just a game script. And Tech in the past against Texas has been terrible against the run. I mean, mm-hmm. we all were there for Deontay a few years ago. And Chris Warren had a 270-some-yard game. And Roshan – Ran for three touchdowns last year, so maybe they thought they could do better against the run. It just didn't didn't work out. Yeah, D- Danny. Actually, the question I wanted to ask you was that: What did the offensive line and the running game look like on 
TV because you look at the stats here. Uh, Ingram finished with 89 yards. Uh, Sam was the second leading rusher with 69 yards. But, I mean, I just didn't think the line they, – they weren't moving people off the ball. I mean, I, I'm not – I'm just not sold that these guys are going to be able to do it long term. But what did it look like on TV? I don't want to profess myself to be an expert. Um, you know, how, you know, whenever we ask Tom a question about this after the game, he always says he wants to look at the film and especially with the line, which I think that's fair, but just off, you know, general, you know, just the viewing, the line didn't look good. I mean, it seemed like every single time they were being mentioned was because of some flag that you just did not expect to see. And even someone like Sam Cosme, who's going to be a first round pick was getting flagged. Derek Kerstetter had kind of a rough game, which, you know, I think he's a really good lineman. So that, that kind of surprised me with some of his struggles. Okafer had a couple of penalties. Um, Junior was flagged once or twice. So, I mean, they did not stand out. And, you know, like we said, outside of Keontae and a couple of ru- nice runs by Sam, it wasn't like Bajan and Roshan were running for five, six yards a clip, which, you know, five yards kind of seems to be the standard, um, you know, minimum for a Texas running back. And you ask them what, you know, they want to average. Uh, five yards seems to be that barrier and those two were both under it so you know they ended up rushing for over 200 yards you can't you know poo-poo that but at the same time you know Stan Drayton and his guys are not going to be walking into the Moncrief tomorrow with their chests held out They're, they they know that they have some work to work to do okay and, and on that same point to both of you you know when we've seen these type of massive shootouts all right in the league the coaches and the players always just say, well, oh, it's the, this is the Big 12. You know, you just went, survive in advance, win and move on. And it's like you don't – and everybody seems to always sort of dismiss the, the issues that come out of it, like the offensive line, like the tackling, like the special teams. And, and I would argue that this is an instance where none of this can be dismissed because it's only game two. Mm-hmm. I'd, say, I'd, say that, I'd say that's partially correct because the flip side is – flip side of that is look what happened to Oklahoma and you know, without a doubt Oklahoma would have loved to to, to win a 63 to 50 56 game today and that just didn't happen to them so it is it is win in advance but at the same time Texas gave uh, uh, TCU a lot of film to look at for next week and a lot of things yeah. that uh, you know I'm sure Gary and all his coaches are kind of salivating at that they gonna you know try to expose next week and I don't think Herman was dismissing any of it in our Zoom press conference he knew they didn't tackle well, and he knew they had, you know, tons of special teams disasters. But uh, like Danny said, I mean, you come out with a W, and there's, it's a lot easier to correct things after you're winning, you know, than if you're a losing team and have nowhere to go. The other thing I like to say is, boy, Josh Moore has sure emerged as a go-to guy. He's got uh, three touchdowns today. He's got four on the year right now, and he sure seems to have uh, – Sam Ellinger's trust. So I really like the connection they're building as well as Schooler. You know, Brennan Eagles had a couple catches, but he's still distributing, but he sure seems to like Josh Moore and Brendan Schooler. I'll be really interested to know what happens to that passing game once uh, Jordan Whittington and Jake Smith are healthy because, you know, those those yeah, were the two we expected big. They're going to be healthy? You promised? They, they, they have to be at some point. But, you know, those were the two we uh, – expected big things of and they just haven't been able to get it done yet but my guy Kai Money he's a uh, another another decent game from him but hey, Kai Money had Kai Money had a real big catch uh, yeah. he got he, he took a huge hit over the kill. middle too from massive hit. I was, I was impressed yeah, um, I but we need to or here Bijan Robinson 
we do need to talk about the the negatives. So you guys can take either the defense or the special teams because both were pretty atrocious at times. Although you know the special teams, they made a couple big plays, and obviously the defense made that huge stop on in overtime. So I guess there were some highlights, but there were a lot of lowlights for for those two units. Well, I'll take I'll take the defense because Kirk you know wrote about the special teams uh, too. I thought it was very interesting that uh, Tom sort of took a took a shot at his own sort of defensive staff and, and everything when he said, well, you know, I thought the tackling looked like last year, right? When all that they've been talking about is, oh, this rugby-style tackling and, you know, this, that, and the other. Now, Chris Ash, let's, be, let's face it here, this was Chris Ash's uh, baptism by fire into this league, right? Alan Bowman, 325 yards, five touchdowns. Uh, Thompson had 104, 104 rushing yards, but 75 of those came on one big run. So from running the ball uh, to stop, I mean, to stopping the run, Texas did pretty well. But my God, the missed tackles uh, in the secondary, allowing these receivers to run crazy. BJ Foster, who quit the team and then came back, he had some big whiffs out there, out there today. I guarantee you that will be brought up in film session uh, as well. But uh, I think that was my big thing is that I was just sort of surprised at how easily tech defenders were either shaking guys loose or, or, or getting, you know, getting open and staying open, quite frankly, when all the talk we've heard about is, you know, DBU and, and uh, you know, this, this new defense. The one thing, I, one thing about Osai is that uh, our man Osai was very close to having two huge uh, plays uh, that, were, that were both uh, – one was negated and one was just not in time. Or, no, he knocked the ball loose and it was an incompletion. But I think that's going to be a thing to watch is that as he gets his sea legs underneath him and really starts to figure out uh, what he's doing at that edge position and what, and what, and what he realizes other teams are doing to him, I, I think he's going to grow. And you didn't mention DeMarvion Overshone, his oversight the last play before the half not going Oh, there. my God. That, that, was one, that was one of the biggest mistakes of the whole game that, that will go unreally un talked about with the way that, that the, when the refs – ball was thrown as they rushed ruled it a lateral pass the ball was on the ground and DeMarvion tried to you know tried to scoop and score but he kind of gave it a half effort because I think he thought it was an incomplete pass but the ball was on the ground mm -hmm. and the one thing that they teach you on day one is that you do not let the ball get on the ground and if all he does is fall on that ball at that point Texas would have Texas would have gotten a free possession at about inside the 15-ish yard line or so maybe the 20 somewhere mm -hmm. there but very, very easily within Dicker's field goal range. Right. He just needed to get some tips from Juwan Mitchell because Juwan had two scoops and scores that were in the game. Yes, he did. I, was I, a... felt, I felt terrible for him after a while. I bet you Juwan <laughs> scores this year. He deserves to score this year. So now you're right. And, uh, you know, let's point out the good plays. Chris Brown and Chris Adamora. You know, That's true. That's true. Big interceptions and big returns. And they were right after, I think one may have been after the onside kick and Another one was after a fumble or something. Those are both, those are both huge momentum-turning interceptions. Right. No, no question. They no just flipped it, so I like to give them credit. But I, I'm like Brian. I, I like to see less rugby tackling and more football tackling. I think that could be a good thing if, if they do that. But to, to shift to the special teams, oh, my God, it was just – it was horrible to watch. I kept, I kept waiting for FEMA to show up. <clears throat> it was such a disaster. I mean, you know, I mean, you're getting punts blocked. You can't catch a punt. Ryan Bichewski, I mean, see, all they got is punter. He worries me a little bit. Now, the block punt, they were pouring in there. So, But 
he's always good for a shank or two. It seemed like a game. So, but and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they hired Jay Boulware to fix this, and I don't quite think it's fixed yet. Like Ooh, I was watching a Charlie Strong team. It was a. Ooh, it was, ah, it was rough. So before we get out of here, the big the big news of the day was obviously Oklahoma getting upset by Kansas State um, right before. I guess that game finished up right as Texas was kicking off. But going forward, what does the Big Twelve look like? Is Texas is this Texas is to lose or does this Texas Texas Tech game kind of mean it's wide open and anyone the Big Twelve is anyone to you know win this year? I think it's Texas to lose because yep. they they probably have the best quarterback. I I don't you know I don't know what Spencer Rattler's stats were, but Spencer Rattler probably got rattled. I think if, if they drop that game and you know there's not a super team in here like Oklahoma that's gone to some of these you know playoffs every year. So you know, but it's it's I mean they're already a fifth of the way through the schedule. I mean even though they just played two games. You know, they only have 10. So, I think in our minds, it is Texas to lose. Now, they're going to be, you know, an Iowa State, Kansas State can, can, can bite you, but it's all there for Texas. It's all there for the taking. Really Absolutely. shouldn't have any excuses this year. Absolutely. I do, I do think that some of today's craziness can be coughed up to, or chalked up to, you know, Big 12 football a little bit. They do have some major issues to fix, but but the fact remains they did get the win and Oklahoma did not, which gives Texas a huge leg up in this thing. Um, I'm I'm not ready to say that K State is going to be some giant killer by any stretch of the imagination because I think Oklahoma's defense has some real serious problems there as well. But you know, you look around the rest of the league. I I stick with you know what I wrote today. You know, there, there's no there's no teams that scare you out there and as long as texas is winning um they they are in the driver's seat and now as it relates to national um you know i saw that alabama was winning big and i, I don't know what ha- what else is happening with the rest of the sec but the big 10 isn't going to get going for a little while and the pac-12 i think the pac-12 is, isn't going to matter at the end so texas is still in it as long as texas wins they're in a good position cfp wise and uh, and big picture wise i think I think that's going to do it for us. You guys uh, have to get home eventually, so we're going to wrap things up. 63-56 to 56 win for Texas in overtime out of Lubbock. Another crazy ending in Lubbock. Seems the last couple of years they've gone out there. It's been pretty nuts. Uh, Texas next week will host TCU. It's been announced at 11 o'clock kickoff, so a little bit of an early – we'll make deadline maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. That's maybe. That's all. Well, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for listening to this uh, – Longhorns Unfiltered Podcast for uh, Brian Davis and Lubbock and Kirk Bowles and Lubbock. I'm Danny Davis. We'll talk to you guys next week.